Hello, welcome back to Making Better Bites podcast. It is your host, Adrienne, and I am so happy to be back this week to finish up this series on the menstrual cycle. So I won't go into any detail, I will spare you that, but just know that if I could have uploaded an episode last week, I would have, but I literally had the worst stomach bug of my life that I caught from my perfect little niece and nephew. So... I was down for several days. I was so tired and worn out from being sick. And then I got my period after that. Well, kind of slightly overlapping. It was a very unfortunate time. And now, even a week later, I am still struggling like with my eating. Um, unfortunately, the only thing that's really sounding good to me is like soft pretzels and sub sandwiches, oddly enough. That was like the first thing I wanted to eat the first few days that I was up for eating food um and of course chocolate chip cookies which unfortunately I still haven't had one but yeah that sounds really good and kind of like chicken nuggets or like chicken nugget type patties like basically I had a Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich and that sounded good um but yeah I don't know Food and I are just struggling and I don't know how long this is going to last. Hopefully not too much longer, Um, but I'm having a hard time with it and I think I might have to just be vegetarian for a minute. I don't know, like not fully vegetarian because I'm not going to put labels on anything, but just based on like trying to listen to my body and recover and like what sounds good and edible to me, that's kind of all that I am enjoying. I guess besides I said sub sandwiches that has like a little bit of deli meat on it but mostly I just love the veggies and the condiments um but yeah it has been a struggle for me to get any kind of variety and I'm definitely feeling the effects of that now as well like I think I can tell I guess that I'm like deficient like I'm not getting enough fiber I'm not getting enough vitamins and it's been raining so I haven't been going outside there's been literally no sunlight but anyways um yeah it's just it's been a week it has been a rough week for me but I am so excited because I get to go to the beach this weekend with my husband um because he happens to have a little work trip conference um that's going on um which is really weird because I never imagined being married to someone in anesthesia he would have like um anything to do for work or like any kind of trips um And I just had a funny flashback in my head, actually. (laughs) This is funny. Um, I didn't plan this, but I just had a flashback. If any of you guys ever watched the sitcom Reba, um, I love Reba McIntyre. I am a huge fan of her music. I'm a country girl for sure. Um, But (laughs) the show, on the show, if you watched it, you know that Brock was a dentist, but then he like randomly had um, like the work conferences in Hawaii and like Barbara Jean was at the one and now I'm having a flashback to that in my head and it's making me laugh because I love that show. It is such a comfort show for me. Um, But yeah, so I guess if dentists can meet up in Hawaii, um, why can anesthesiologist assistants not meet up in Florida um, at the beach? But anyways, so he has this conference over the weekend. We're going to be at the beach. Well, I'm going to be at the beach. He's mostly going to be at a conference. Um... And it happens to be his birthday this weekend, so we're going to celebrate that while we're there as well, which is going to be so much fun. I can't wait for the ocean and the sand and the sunshine because all of those are my favorite things. Um, And of course, my husband and spending time with him, also another favorite thing. Um, 
But anyways, before we officially start today's episode, I just want to remind you that this is not intended to diagnose or to give you personal medical advice by any means. I just want to discuss nutrition and health to provide easily digestible information for people um, that is approachable. If you have any concerns about your personal health, please contact your trusted healthcare provider because everyone's situation is unique and everyone's health is going to be unique. I don't know your health history, um, so I don't want to comment on it or like give you advice that you just up and change things. Um, so yeah, this is not medical advice, just sharing information. Today, we are going to be focusing on the luteal phase, which is going to be the ending post-ovulation portion of your cycle. As I have mentioned in the other episodes, this would be around day like 16 to 28 if you were experiencing a perfect standard 28-day cycle, textbook worthy. Um, We left off, like I said, at ovulation, which is your egg releasing and traveling through your fallopian tube. Um, After the egg is released, the follicle is going to turn into what is called a corpus luteum. And while the corpus luteum continues to release the estrogen, like it was when you had um, the egg as part of the follicle, um, it will also now begin to produce large amounts of progesterone. So this increase in progesterone may be responsible for your elevated mood during the first portion of your luteal phase because um, the progesterone hormone is a natural antidepressant and it helps to steady your mood. Um, The corpus luteum is what would continue to provide the progesterone hormone for your body in order to sustain a pregnancy in the early weeks um, prior to your placenta being established. Um, Because once your placenta is established and attached, then it will take over that hormone. Um, But this will only happen if the body senses the elevated levels of HCG hormone, which will signal the need for the corpus luteum to continue. So HCG, of course, is that hormone that your body releases. It's human chorionic gonadotropic, I think is what the HCG stands for and it's just the hormone your body creates when um, you're growing a baby so if you are not pregnant then the corpus luteum will die um, nearing the end of your cycle which is what causes a drop in both your progesterone and estrogen levels because like i said the corpus luteum is what was providing your body with both of those and this um peak and then dramatic decrease in your progesterone levels is what causes the lining of your uterus to begin to shed, um, which you also know as your period. So then you will begin again at the start of your cycle. Unfortunately, just as the rise of progesterone can improve your mood, the fall of progesterone can lead to increased anxiety and mood swings. So today, I'm going to focus today's nutrition discussion from the perspective that you are trying to avoid a pregnancy at the time of your ovulation and therefore are expecting your period at the end of this cycle. 
Um, that means you'll want to focus on supporting your progesterone production, but also trying to reduce your symptoms of PMS. If you have had a negative shift um, start to occur in your luteal phase over time, or if you suffer from PMS, or you are fine, especially from severe PMS that affects your life, um, or you're finding yourself to have unusual symptoms, please make an appointment with your gynecologist because it can be um, an indication of your body um, for balancing for that the balance of your hormones is off. So just like I've talked about how important your period health is, how important your ovulation health is, it is also important um, to know what your health and feelings, um, moods are during your luteal phase. All of these things can um, be indicators for your body that you're signaling um, like, hey, something's not going right. Please go get me checked out. So it's not just about the period. It's not just about the ovulation. It's not just about the luteal phase. It's about all three. And it's also, we've also talked about like how important like your bowel movements are and things like that. Like there's so many factors of just like signals that your body is giving you at any given time. Um, and it can help you to know like when things are off and when you should go see your doctor and have a chat with them. So, um, yeah, of course, you know your body best. And if things seem unusual or different or new or miserable and affect your day-to-day -day life um, at any given time, just, just give them a call and get in. It never hurts to get some blood work and have an exam and, you know, have your doctor ask some important questions. Um, so I usually like to err away from telling people to flat out not consume something, but during this phase of your cycle, it is advised to limit your alcohol consumption, um, if you're not trying to conceive and to avoid alcohol entirely if you are trying to conceive because it can affect your body's ability to do so. Um, the reason is that alcohol can increase your estrogen levels and decrease your progesterone levels, which we've covered is the opposite of what we're trying to do during this phase of your cycle. We want that major peak and then um, decline of progesterone during your luteal phase. So it's not good if something is causing you to decrease it. It can also affect your gonadotropin hormone releasing hormone, which is also known as GnRH. And um, that hormone is actually tied to your follicular stimulating hormone and your luteinizing hormone or FSH and LH, which we have talked about in the past being really important um, for the entire function and process of your menstrual cycle, especially when it comes to what is going on with your ovaries. Um, so all of this is going to affect how you're feeling because it's going to change how your body is functioning and can prevent things from going according to plan and the way that would happen best. So another more commonly known reason to avoid alcohol consumption besides the disruption in hormones um, during this phase um, is more commonly known, and that is because alcohol consumption can cause dehydration, which can increase the symptoms of PMS, um, dehydration already is known to cause fatigue, constipation, and headaches on its own. 
um, which are also potential symptoms of PMS as well. So they will then be exacerbated if you have dehydration and PMS. And then, of course, dehydration can also increase the pain that you experience with cramps. There are a lot of dietary changes, of course, that you can make to help your health, but there is one vitamin that we are going to talk about specifically that has been found to help women to balance their hormones, and specifically, it's going to help to increase your progesterone levels and decrease your estrogen levels, um, which is kind of like the happy balance that um, women are looking for, just having an increase in progesterone and a lower level of estrogen just so that um, we're remaining in a good ratio to not cause any like imbalances or problems um, that can come with estrogen dominance. So that is going to be um, vitamin B6. And I will preface that you aren't going to see any kind of immediate results with increasing your B6, much like many dietary changes um, or lifestyle changes in general. It can take three months or in this case, three cycles to start noticing that there's a difference in how you're feeling. Um, But make sure you always give consistent changes a chance before abandoning your efforts because I promise that there is research to show that um, this can be beneficial for you. So to, and that good things will happen. You're, you know, it will help with your, if you have estrogen dominance, um, it will help with that. It can help balance things out. I mean, it's, it's proven to be a thing um, if you have higher levels of vitamin B6 in your system. Um, so to increase it in your diet, you will be happy to know that B6 is actually present in a lot of animal and plant-based foods. So if you, you have a pretty good chance of being able to get your levels to go up. The best sources are going to be um, fish, cold water fatty fish we've talked about many times, um, beef liver or organ meats in general, potatoes and other starchy vegetables, as well as non-citrus fruits. So examples of these non-citrus fruits, because I feel like fruit isn't commonly listed as like a place you're going to find a lot of the nutrients that we've talked about. Um, But yeah, so these non-citrus fruits would be things like um, one medium banana is going to give about one third of the daily recommended amount. Um, another example, one cup of avocado is going to provide about half of your daily needs of B6. So there's lots of opportunity there to um, start increasing it to help out with the hormone balance um, that's going on. Um, in your body or to help maintain a proper hormone balance if you are already in a good place. And then finally, um, let's chat about a mineral that is going to be important for you to consume to support your hormones and pain management. And that mineral is going to be magnesium. So it is known to be helpful in relaxing your muscles already. People talk about that. You know, you take Epsom salt baths, um, which are a good source of magnesium and it can be, so it's helpful if it's, um, relaxing your muscles, it can be helpful in reducing pain from cramps associated with your period. 
and it is also going to help to lower the amount of prostaglandins your body releases. So um, you might know, you might not know, but most of the pain that comes from your period and your cramps are from prostaglandins, and they are actually a group of lipids that's made by your body in places of injury or illness. Um, They control functions like inflammation, blood flow, and blood clot formation. So the higher prostaglandins in your system, the higher the prostaglandins, um, the more severe your cramps and contractions will be in your uterus leading up to and during your period. So we definitely don't want those to be high because it's going to be causing us more pain and discomfort. Um, many people are not getting enough magnesium in their diet, even if they're not considered to be deficient. And while it can be from not consuming enough magnesium, it can also be pretty easily depleted by a lot of other things in life, um, one of which being stress. So some things that cause your body stress are um, excessive exercise, extreme or excessive dieting, high blood sugar, and sleep deprivation. So these can all cause you to go through magnesium in your body at a higher rate. Um, Foods that are high in magnesium include pumpkin seeds, almonds, spinach, and cashews. Personally, I also like to drink a hydration drink a few times a week that is high in sodium, potassium, and magnesium um, just to make sure that I am staying properly hydrated and getting enough minerals in my diet and in my system. Um, My favorite mix um, is called Element, and it's spelled just capital L, capital M, capital N, capital T, L-M-N-T. And um, yeah, they have lots of really good flavors and they also have a neutral flavor. So I like that it contains all three, like good quality sodium, potassium, and magnesium. And I also like that it tastes good and there's lots of yummy options. And of course, like I also said, your other option here can be to soak in Epsom salt baths. Um, That can also help. But I am thinking if you're looking for a great post-ovulation combination, Um, As far as diet, you could combine both groups and make a smoothie with a banana, some cashews, spinach, milk, and a peanut or almond butter. That would be really good. But even if that doesn't sound good to you, of course, there are endless possibilities to get all of these nutrients. If there is anything I have learned from this series that has been all about the menstrual cycle and what it means and how to eat... It's that consuming healthy fats from salmon and tuna, different proteins from plant-based sources, lots of fruits and veggies for the vitamins, minerals, and fiber, and staying hydrated are all very important for having balanced hormones and feeling good at any phase of the cycle. So it's not just going to be what you're eating at any given point. Um, These are just of course, the foods that are going to help to support each portion of your cycle. Um, And maybe you want to focus on these individual foods even more so like leading up to and during the cycle. But I wouldn't stress about having to eat anything specific at a specific time of the month. Um, It's more of like a generalization or, you know, just things, foods that you can eat at any given time that are going to help these phases of the cycle and why they're going to help that phase of the cycle. 
Um, so I have given you a pretty big generalization on, of course, the foods that you need to eat just now, um, saying, you know, like fatty, healthy fats, plant-based proteins, fruits and veggies. That's really generalized. Um, so just remember that variety is always going to be key. And I encourage you to go back and listen to other series episodes if you want to hear about each of the phases and everything we've learned along the way, especially if you haven't listened yet or if you just want to be refreshed at any time about the information. And if you have been enjoying these episodes, please be sure to subscribe so you can hear more in the future. And of course, come find me on Instagram at betterbytes underscore RDN, always linked in my show notes. And that way you can participate in Q&As and connect with me further. And please be sure to leave a review and comment telling me what you learned today or what you found to be most interesting. Finally, if you want to help me out, be sure to share the podcast on your socials or with friends and family so that I can reach more people. And I hope that all of this information today and always has helped you to be able to make better bites. Have a good day.